takes the weight off your shoulders. Cable Free Guitar wants to help you carry your guitar. I know from personal experience, most guitar straps are designed just to hold your guitar. Not anymore. Cable Free Guitar Zero Gravity Guitar Straps have changed the game with their new strap design to help you feel more relaxed. And speaking of freedom, there's a reason why their name is Cable Free Guitar. They also have a wireless guitar that compares to the big boys without the big boy cost. But don't take my word for it. Go to CableFreeGuitar.com and check them out for yourself. Four patterns, two sizes that will get your shredding back on top of the game. Not to mention all the other great products they have for your guitar. Cable Free Guitar Zero Gravity Guitar Straps and Wireless Systems. Put in product code ATM5 and get 5% off your total order. Take the heavy out of the guitar and put it back in the metal. At practice, we're at Invent. Have you ever had to mutter those famous words? That's my cable. Colossal Cable is taking that question out of the equation by offering monogrammed cable ends. Now your Colossal Cable can have your name, the band name, or whatever you want it to say on the protective sleeve. To make this an even sweeter deal, the new Soulpads cable, featuring a silver and copper hybrid cable, is the new kid on the block, bringing your tone to the forefront and taking your sound to the highest quality ever. www.colossalcable.com and put in your order for your monogram Soulpad cable and take your tone back. Is yours Colossal? One of the big questions I've always had is, I've read your <laughs> book Off the Rails. Mm. now are you do you keep track of every band that you've been with do you have uh records of everything you've done no no no, no? but it, it was a ac explanation it was the first uh <clears throat> my i went from sleeping on the floor to making some money touring with ozzy so uh my family's accountant i reached out to him and said and he said well keep a Keep a log of all your expenses so you can, you know, apply that towards your taxes at the end of the year. So that's how I wound up with all that information. Really? Wow. You know, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, because, you know, I've, I've got the perfect title if you ever did a White <clears throat> Snake book. Yeah. No. No. No, I mean, you know, that's, there's so much history to that band. That that should be there, done by somebody who was there from the very beginning, like like David. You know, exactly. I think he's the only, the only member who's ever been there from the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, the th the wonderful thing is, is I got to see you perform with Ozzy, mm -hmm. with Quiet mm -hmm. Riot, with White mm -hmm. Snake, and then with Quiet Riot again. So, mm -hmm. it's it's just been a an evolution watching you. And I bet you tickets, tickets, ticket prices have evolved too. <laughs> you have no idea. I'm sure you do have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea. I have an idea. I have an idea. I, I mean, because I, I was, you know, I was touring when it was like sometimes less than five dollars to right. like come and see, a, you know, a double bill, you know. Yeah. So, I, and I know why there were changes in the industry. How come it's so much more expensive now? Oh yeah. Well, in Okay, so I know that Pearl Jam started a big hoofla with Ticketmaster, and that's when the prices mm -hmm. really started jumping. <laughs> but, you, you know, it, there's nothing good you can say about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, look, you know, before, okay, <clears throat> when I first started touring with Ozzy, uh, and people would say, I saw you, and they'll have a bigger impression of that simple tour that we did, Blizzard of Oz, there was maybe one or two semis, which wasn't as gigantic as it is today. Right. And to house about maybe tops, 200 to 300 park hands, the lighting rig. Right. I guess, I guess it's safe to say, let's, let's say two semis, right? Two semis, two buses, that's it. Then you have the uh, the crew and the band. Expenses were pretty low back yeah. then. You know, gasoline and food and everything, you know. So, but what I'm trying to get at is that if you came to that show and you saw Randy and you watch Ozzy make the transition from being a member of Black Sabbath into him being the solo artist, and you heard those songs being performed live from the Blizzard of Oz and Diary of the Madman, and of course Tommy Aldrich, and then later on Don Airy, and then you know myself, whatever. Right, right. Uh, 
you got a pretty big bang for your buck. <laughs> no joke. You know, that was. Yeah. Yeah. No gigantic stadium size screens necessary to put that energy across. No. Right. It, yeah. Okay. And, and like so, yourself, pe people still talk about it. It made yeah. an impression. And that is my. If you can make that a, a an impression that lasts a lifetime during a performance without any of the extra expenses which right. the fan is paying for, is amortized amongst, let's say it's a uh, seventy five thousand in a stadium, you put on a seventy five thousand, you know, uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar production, right? You know, and. And so, but there's the production. If you keep your production costs and you really truly deliver a, a, a performance that will be last a lifetime in the memory of, of, the, of, the, of the audience, you've done your job. Exactly. And I, I have to say that seeing you at Rocklahoma was just like seeing you back in the 80s. You put on that energy on that stage that is never dying. You you just went out there and you 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 play to the crowd. You 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 give them a show, and that's what everybody expects. I expect from myself no less than I expected from myself forty years ago. Okay. Why should why should I all of a sudden not give a shit? <laughs> You're that's absolutely correct. That's not me. I, I haven't come this far just to one day say, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm yep. just going to like stand up there and and screw it. You yeah. know, if you really want to see me the way I was 40 years ago, go to YouTube, watch the videos. No, because that's, that's not me. I mm -hmm. really enjoy, I love playing. To me, it's, it's the thing is it's always now. Right now, if I did not do that honestly 40 years ago, I wouldn't, I, I, I would have been a fake. You're not wrong, you know? you know what I mean? So, this is is this the real me? I get up on that stage, I would see with Quiet Riot, I, I never have to think about it, really think about, about what am I allowed to do, and it's not just the band, sometimes it's, it's the audience. Like, you yeah. know, I played with some classic rock bands that mm -hmm. has a fan base dating back to the 70s with the original lineups. And I'll give you two, I'll give you two, two, uh, two names. One of them is Blue Oyster Cult. Okay. And yeah, the other one, it. The Guess Who. The Guess Who, right? As a matter of fact, I was talking with Gary, the drummer from The Guess Who today. And he was saying, man, I was watching your videos uh, on YouTube. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, when Rudy was in the band, he was really holding back. And I told him that's because, you know, our audience expects a certain performance. Right. You know, I can't be doing an 80s performance for a, a late 60s classic rock band. I can't do that. It just doesn't work. It's like pistons firing at a different timing, you know. <laughs> you, you have to time your pistons. Yeah. So every everything has to fire on, you know. Yes. It has to be synchronized. Everybody has to be on the same frequency. The audience has to be on the same frequency, expecting that, hoping to get that. And then once you deliver, it's like, wow, this is great. You know, and what? But then again, that's me. That's the real me. I, the only other band that I did not have to think about it, you know, when I say think about it, it's like, you know, let's say I'm playing and then all of a sudden I, I, my head, a little voice in my head says, go to the other side of the stage. Yeah. Hang out with the guitar player or look at the audience on the side of the stage. You know, some bands I have to think about it and then I go, oh, no, no, that's okay because it's, it's too much movement going on, you know. Right. And the only other band that I did not have to think about that was definitely White Snake. White Snake is like, you know, it was like, Okay, I want to go and say hi to Adrian and go over to that side during this part of the song. Do, do it, you know, or or go up and a little bit higher on the drum riser, closer to Tommy. Do it, you know, things like that. Uh, but again, I asked David, 
And and Whitesnake was the opening band for Choir Rider in 1984. I asked him when I joined the band, so uh, what do you expect from me? And since he had been, he had watched me every night when we were touring together, he said, just be yourself. I said, okay, great. And, and that was it. And and but with Choir Riot, see, going back to 1978 when I first joined the band, nobody ever told anybody else in the band what to do. Okay. And that to me, is, yeah, it's the best <laughs> situation. It's it's like a recipe. You pick the ingredients of the, you know, and you know you're gonna make this dish, and it's gonna taste. I mean, of course, if you put a little bit more or less of each ingredient, it's gonna vary in the taste. But it's still there, you know. So yeah. once you find that perfect combination, you just let it be. You know, okay. the 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 garlic doesn't t- tell the salt what to do or what what to taste like. Just right. leaves it alone. You're you and me, and we're going to make this great dish here. You know? Well, and you know, the, the thing is, like with yourself, I love your analogies. You, you, you don't cater to other people. You just say what is on your heart, and you, and you go with that instead of saying, well, you know, in when we were doing this, I was trying not to do this. You, you actually take the bull by the horns and go. You know, if you made sure that everything was cool, David. When you joined White Snake, you made sure that you didn't get in front of Ozzy on tour. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and as a guitarist myself, being able to see uh, you with Randy, and then you with uh, Carlos, and then with Adrian and Vivian, and then Steve Vai, I gotta say you have been in some super groups that were formed together. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Very blessed. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm awestruck. You know, a lot of people talk about other bass players that have done a lot of things. I'm sitting there going, you're forgetting one of the major bass players. And I was like, you know, Rudy Sarzo just did a thing with um, Melody from Liliac. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you, you've done this and this and this. Other bass players, yeah, you've done some really cool things, but man, you are on top of the game when it comes to uh, sought-out bass players. Yeah, you know, uh, I only become sought-out even though David reached out to me, Coverdale, while I was still a member of Choir Riot, uh, when I'm not in Choir Riot. <laughs> When I when I'm in Choir Riot, it's pretty much uh, yeah okay you know right you know he and he ain't gonna go the only okay I I left the band in '85 because it became a toxic situation for me to be in the band I mean it's right it's documented and then later on you know things got fixed got patched up and I came back in 1997. And then the band imploded in night in 2003. That version, which was the last version of the of the Metal Health lineup, right. it imploded in 2003. Then I joined Dio, and the other guys kept uh, touring. Uh, uh, Kevin and Frankie kept touring Esquire Riot from 2004 on. Right. And and then Frankie passed away 2020 and. His request was that I came back to uh, to the band, and here I am. Wow, man! So, so at, at Frankie's uh, request, you mm. are re- regaining the helm of Quiet Riot. Mm. That's an interesting uh, statement because, again, you know when, when it, and it took me, it took all of us a little bit longer that I anticipated just only because we we started out in October last year and there will be gaps like I'm back in the band no rehearsals really well, I mean we rehearsed one day and that was it and then after that it was like okay you know it's not just rehearsing it's getting the chemistry and the feel and my sound back the way that I heard it in my head because right. it's very tone specific you know what I need to to sound like in within the band, not only because if it's a, it's a, a band sound, you know, quiet riot, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the period and era specific, but also because 
I had not been playing with three uh, in a three-piece band and a singer. I had not. I'd been playing, you know, with uh, two guitar players and then a keyboard, you know, with uh, the guess who and so on. Right. So my tone, I had to like carve it to fit those frequencies. And now it's so much more open. And then working with the guitars, you know, so, you know, looking, I have to look at every specific of how to make, turn this back into what organically was Choir Riot in the 70s. Because the right. 70s, the Randy Rose version is really like the, the platform for what came later on. You know, it built one thing, built on top of the other, you know. And, right. and one, one major ingredient, see what, what Randy brought to the band when the metal health version of the band happened, Frankie brought to the band. So he was like in a mix, the drums were always very loud, you right. know, to showcase his drumming, which was, you know, phenomenal, you know. And uh, so you, but, but, but then again, there was, there was like ingredients. So you're going to replace this ingredient with this other ingredient, you know, but, but live, I mean, I'm talking about recording in life. It was, it was, it was a whole different sound and I mm -hmm. worked very hard at it. Everybody did. So anyways, so, so when I came back into the band, I had to like work my way back to that. Not just, not just the eighties, but I'm talking about the seventies, you know, back right. into that, that foundation uh, of the group, you know, and uh, it took a while because we would do like one show every six weeks. So every time that I try something in life, it was like, okay, this worked, this, this other thing did not work. As far as my, my gear, as far as, I mean, from the instrument itself to the strings I was using, the wireless system I was using, pedals I was using, everything. Right. So I had to wait for the next, next gig six weeks later to do it again. So it wasn't until we got on a roll that it was like, oh, okay. I got my combination now, okay. you know, not only what I hear on stage, but also what I feed the front, the front of the house guy, because since we don't carry with us a, uh, a sound guy, uh, yeah. our, our, our sound at front varies from show to show, but I needed to, to have a, something that was consistent. And that is what I feed the front of the house. Right. From, so from my equipment. When it comes to your equipment, uh, what bases and, and cabinets are you using? Mm. Well, uh, it's, yeah, just you know, just to give you a simple explanation, uh, Ampeg. You can. I, I, I've been using Ampeg forever, uh, SVTs, and mm -hmm. they're very consistent. Uh, but then again, it's backline equipment that sometimes gets abused <laughs> and overused. You know. And depending on who the backline company, how they keep it up, and so on, you know. And some sometimes it will be like this 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 year, which I knew it was going to be, you know, reintroducing the band with me in it. So we we were like opening up a lot of shows, you know. We would be like sometimes fourth on the bill, so which right. means that all the good gears picked by the headliner, you know, backline that that is supplied. Right. And then, you know, the second band and third band and then us, whatever is left over, you know. So I, I had some challenging uh, situations, but you know what? Everybody was always so fantastic. We toured with Skid Row, Warrant, and, and Winger and Kip Winger. Sometimes he would just do the solo thing. Right. And everybody just worked their asses off to make sure that it was the best show possible. Because, you know, when, when the show... It's great when every band is great that night. Every you know the audience wins because they walk yes. away with the best experience. You know, I uh, what I was at a terrestrial station in Central Kansas, and we decided to do a, a festival of sorts, and we had Skid Row come up for it, and those guys were so amazing to work with. Uh, our backline guy had everything they needed, but. You know, I'm a center going, do you guys need more? You guys, and they're like, no, we, we got this. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. not, not every band is like that. Um, mm -hmm. We had one band there that was uh, fighting us tooth and nails about a drum riser. I'm like, you guys are opening up the show. You don't get a riser. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's understood. It's not even a, it's not even an issue. We know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, 
you guys, when you guys hit the charts, you guys, mm -hmm. it wasn't just a, okay, we're going to start at 99 and work our way up. You guys hit it at like number 10, wasn't it? And then it just started climbing from there for a little bit with a quiet riot. No, I mean, a quiet riot. It was like when the record first came out in March of 1983, uh, it was like, you know, I, I, I would even think it broke the, the top 200. It might have, but I, I don't think so. I, I, on the first week, and they just did a very slow climb. See, with us, we were never really keeping an eye on the charts. We were keeping it. We were more interested in having a record so we could tour. Okay. Rather, rather than the record is our main goal. We did do at every city possible, all the in-stores, all the radio station, uh, morning drives. Uh, we did them all. We did them yeah. all. And, and always, you know, promoting that show. And what happened was MTV. MTV was really it will really push the band come and feel the noise that video being on every half oh, yeah. hour yeah every half hour we were on and just made a huge difference you know absolutely well and so like for my i do the all things metal show and i get people to request different songs here and there and mm -hmm. so <laughs> We had a, a a moment where the show was called Big Hair Ocalypse. It's hard to say. It's harder to spell. And so <laughs> I was actually talking to uh, Phil Lewis from L.A. Guns, and he's like, you need to change that. So we did. <laughs> <laughs> and now that we're the All Things Metal show, we got people that are requesting, uh, you know, Five Finger Death Punch and Ghost and mm -hmm. all this and this and this. But the, the top two that people request is LA guns and quiet riot. Really? Wow. They, oh, they cool. never get enough of come on, feel the noise mm -hmm. or uh, metal health. Mm -hmm. My favorite mm -hmm. is a uh, party all night. That's mm -hmm. just, that mm -hmm. is just an amazing song. So yeah. Yeah. We just included that in our set. We, uh, we didn't have it there. Uh, we were actually playing breathless for okay. some reason. I don't know why. And then we wanted to get rid of breathless and we say, well, okay, let's, let's, let's give party all night a shot. We just did it one night and that was it. It's been in the, <laughs> it's been in the set list ever since. Yeah. So is there any artist that you have wanted to play with, but haven't had the opportunity yet? I, you know, every time I get that question, it's the same answer. Uh, no, not by now. It's, I mean, to play with, jam with. I mean, I jam with a lot of people. And Ugh. I mean, you know, uh, to be in a working situation with, no, I, 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 I don't want to play outside of Choir Riot. This is, um, I have no aspirations, you know. You're, you, you feel like you're at home. I am home. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the great thing is you, you surrounded yourself with some great players. And you're making the quiet riot. I'm not, I don't want to say dream, but the uh, the legacy continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is my my motivation for being in the band and going going on the road, going on stage to celebrate the legacy of the band. Mm -hmm. With me, dates back to 1978, and the memory of Frankie Benali, Kevin Dubrow, and Randy Rhodes. Yeah. That's for you know, it's the first time that I ever go on stage with an actual purpose, right? So, whenever you're out on the road, um, of course, you take your own bass with you. Do, do you have an issue ever finding your strings, or is that just part of your oh, back no. line? No, no, I, I, I take strings with me, and uh, because you know, I mean, if, if I was doing like a long tour, I'll take enough strings. Right. You know, if I was doing like a, you know, like a, like a, like six weeks in a row, I would take enough strings for that. But uh, right. since since I come home every weekend, and we might do two or three shows, sometimes four in a row, I bring out enough strings, and uh, I never have problems. And if I did, like like uh, a few months ago, I needed to get some strings because I had just started playing this new, for me. 
a new, a new brand. It's called DR, DR Strings. They're Okay. just phenomenal. They're handmade in New, new Jersey. And uh, and he, I, I tried them, and then I needed to get more strings because I had not made a contact with the, uh, with the uh, artist relation yet. I, I just went to Sweetwater. I happened to be in, in Indiana and uh, in South Bend. Is that, is that was, yeah, where Sweetwater is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, Indiana. If any, if you have a chance to check it out, it's the most amazing facility. Really? Not only is it a store, it's, it's got a performing, oh, it's, 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 it's taking over the town. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's out of control. It's incredible. And the way they do things is like, I would buy, if, if I need to buy something, I call Sweetwater up and, you know, because I trust Right. their, their quality control is like nothing I've ever seen before. So, you know, Yeah. it's just And amazing. Yeah. if, if you, it, I know this all too well from everything else in the world that if you can't trust who you're buying stuff from, Yeah. you're not getting quality equipment. Well, you know, to, for us going on stage, it's not that much different. Well, except that you, you're not, you're not going to die. But if you're jumping off a plane, you're trusting that that parachute is going to open up. Right. You know, so it's pretty much like that, except not having a, a life or death situation here. But it could kill your career. quickly Yeah, just like that. You know, it yeah can turn the audience against you. if you are not prepared or you have trusted a brand for something and then it just, it lets you down. right Oh yeah. yeah and you know i i've i've evolved through the years with the amps that i use and you know now in my rig i, I use black star amps because I, I trust them. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I trust them more than the other boutique amps because Yeah. Mm hmm. they're just, they're, they're more solidly built. Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with Black Star. They are part of the Korg, Yes. Korg family. Uh, my Spectre bases are part of the Korg family. They they purchase Spectre, Yeah. and uh, I've been playing a red one. The one that you saw me play at the Rocklahoma, Yeah. uh, I it, it's a Coda, so they have that model already. But I wanted to go back to my original passive tone and original. I'd say you know back in the seventies, and so I I I, we, I called them up and we worked on the design, the color, the polka dotted uh, pick guard. Obviously, you know it's a For tribute Randy. to Randy. Yeah. Yep. And passive pickups, and I got Seymour Duncan's in there, and now I got the DR strings, and uh, just a combination of things that work with each other. Pedals, I, I use two notes, the torpedo pedals, and I use the, uh, um, if uh, what is it, Vintage Effects. Uh, it's the Kali 76, Origin Right. Effects, Origin Effects. And... Uh, They all work very well together. I have I I brought out one of my old uh, wireless because one of the things started happening is I'm trying to get this vintage tone with my uh, digital wirelesses. I, I I purchased a couple. Yeah. It just it didn't match what it's supposed to sound. And then I just I just went back to my old Shure UXL P that I used to play years ago, and I checked on the. on the broadband, you know, the frequency, and Yeah. they have like three different categories of frequencies and the one that I have is still legal. That's a bonus. So, so it works. And it's this little box and this, it, it sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds just like you got a great cable Yeah. running. Well, Yeah. and you know, with, with me doing broadcast, I know all about cables. Now I, I've gone through the inexpensive cables and now I use what's called a uh, colossal cable. And they're out of uh, Austin, Texas, the most amazing cables I've ever had. And I've formed a relationship with them where they sponsor my show. Mm. Oh, wow, And great. uh, <laughs> Dave, the guy that owns the thing, he goes, he calls me up. He goes, hey, he goes, I made a prototype cable for you for your guitar. And I'm like, you know, I do voice stuff, right? <laughs> he goes, yeah, but I want you to try this. And it was an 
this thing is absolutely amazing. It's like silver and copper solder and all this. Other. Oh yeah. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I was like, you know what? You need to talk to Jakey e. Lee. Cause he really gets into, you know, cables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the importance, I mean, you know, what we call or consider little stuff is such a huge component to our it sound, is. you know, big time. Yeah. Well, even I mean, the I'm... batteries, the, the batteries that we're using are in a wireless systems, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, somebody said that there's a nine volt battery out of Germany that a lot of uh, live performers prefer to use because it doesn't have the impedance. I know that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I, I I just use the uh, the pro cells. Okay. Yeah, there are cell pro cells. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah. But yeah, so many so many people, you know. I've, I've been asked by a lot of people because I, I talked to a couple people and said, dude, I finally get to talk to Rudy Sarzo on an interview. <laughs> and mm-hmm. everybody's like, well, okay, you're a lucky bastard. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> but, so do you and Tommy Aldridge still stay in touch with one another? No, no, but, you know, it's, it's if we run into each other, we say hello, hang out a little bit. And, you know, just, yeah. yeah. So is, is there... Is there anybody, well, of course, besides the obvious of Frankie, uh, Kevin, and Randy, is there anybody you actually miss playing with that you're like, yeah, that was, that was magic. Yeah. Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 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 See, I, I never got to see that show, but mm. I've seen it on YouTube. And yeah. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Ed, you know, Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Good Lord. That man was just an icon by himself mm-hmm. oh yeah so but yeah, yeah well that's that's awesome that uh you know, you've had the opportunities that you've had to honestly make a difference in everybody's lives like you have you're, you're not just uh out there for the money and chicks you're out there for the love of the music mm-hmm. and it shows oh, yeah 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 i you know, I, I I first started getting into music. Well, first of all, I, I I started playing guitar before the Beatles happened. But what happened is when I saw the Beatles, you know, I was I was I, was, I had just turned thirteen, got my hormones are raging. I'm some chubby kid in New Jersey, invisible. No girls were talking to me. And I saw the adulation that the Beatles got, you know, from all the girls, and I said, I want that. Right, you know, and I, I know, and and I would say just about every other kid that I knew growing up that got that picked up a guitar or whatever musical instrument that was the same reason. But it's like salmon swimming upstream. You know, at some point you're either gonna make it, or one time you're gonna have you know, like I did. I had some girlfriend giving me a choice, you know, later on, it's me or, or the guitar, you know, you know, I'm going to miss uh, you. (laughs) No, no, actually I said, okay. You know, and then eventually we broke up and my 67 Fender jazz was still sitting in the corner waiting for me. And I, and I, I learned from that. I learned and said, ha, the bass will never leave me. It's always there. Yes. And then, you know, so that was my relationship with the instrument. It was separate, separate identity. Now, after all these years, it's just a part of me. Yeah. You know, no, no, no matter what the base is, it never leaves me because I'm connected with it. Right. Well, now we're, we're entangled. Yeah. Well, something for myself, you know, I, I can play. 90% of the, the 80s metal songs. I don't learn all the songs. I don't learn the solos. I Because there's a magic thing there for me. I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to take away from what the artist had done. Case in point, Randy Rhodes. I can play Crazy Train to a T. When it comes to the solo, I'm like, I'm out. I can I'll, Here, I'll just do this little, you know pentatonic and uh, scale and here you go and everybody's like well that sounds like it Mike because I'm not Randy Rhodes and that's the magic for it with me is I I keep a separation 
so that I always had that magic. Does that make sense? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would just say of all the musicians I've ever played with, uh, Randy Rhodes came from a very unique background. Mm -hmm. uh, his family, they're all music educators. They had a, uh, they still have Musonia, the music school in, in uh, North Hollywood. Uh, Randy was brought up to learn music. Not because of the girls, not because he wanted attention. That was like, it's the family, that wasn't even the family business. I would say it's the family art. This right. is what they did, you know. And so he was playing classical guitar and reading music before he picked up an electric guitar. Yeah. You know? So, and when I was in, in Choir Riot, two things I experienced. One of them was that Randy would teach, and I was teaching at the same, so he brought me in to teach bass. Uh, and he would be teaching, I mean, he would get there before I would, because I only had a limited amount of students compared to him. And he would be teaching for about eight hours, and then he would go to, go to uh, rehearsals with Choir Riot, rehearse for an hour and a half, and then go home and do it again the next day. Right. It was nothing, you know, there was no social media. It was all focused on music. Nothing took away his time from being a musician. It was, a, a, you know, unless, you know, there's, there's a party on Saturday night, you know. Yeah, you go out. What do you do? You hang out with other musicians, talk yeah. music. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so it's always all about the music. That's all right. we did. Music. You know, every night we hung out at the uh, on the strip. We didn't have a Facebook. We that was our social media. Yes. If you if, if you want to if you want to be current, and current by current mean it's like out of out of sight, out of mind. You have to be showing yourself every single night. There, he's still right. there because you never knew what what you were gonna miss. Yeah, I you mean, didn't know if you were being replaced or what. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, or if there was an opportunity or whatever, you know, I mean, if you're looking yeah. for one. Like in my case, once I joined Quiet Riot, it was focused on that. Okay, I don't have to be hanging out every night because I'm going to be rehearsing and I, not, I got to know. Why should I be looking for another band? I mean, yeah. I'm in the best band in, in LA right now, you know, and yeah. and all of that. So it's it's part of the mindset you know yeah and what separated randy from any anybody else that i knew he was completely music complete musical integrity okay till the day he died and i'm talking about levels that i've never seen anybody uh like when pretty much what spark his desire to go back to uh, to to get his degree in music was that he was very upset at having to to being asked to record what became known as "Speak of the Devil," the uh, Ozzy re-recordings of the Black Sabbath songs after they had just done, you know, Ozzy and, and, and Randy have recorded "Blizzard" and "Diary of a Madman." Right. So that, Randy didn't feel like. Why should I do this? You know, I've I've given my my all into these two records and these tours, and now I'm going to go back and be being a cover cover record. <laughs> so there there was a third album that was supposed to have happened. Uh, with you Randy. mean you mean you well yeah, but not. I don't consider "Speak of the Devil" an Aussie record because it's no. Black Sabbath songs, right? Know? so so he uh it's cashing in on the good times <laughs> well you know it was really out of ozzy's hands uh especially back in the day musicians will have like managers and business mm -hmm. people run their business and then before you knew it certain contracts were signed without really your consent because you were too busy making money going yeah. being on tour and before you know it you you got to make this record like the speak of the devil record because right. manage, management had already signed on your behalf on doing this and receiving an advance. Yeah. So, so you're pretty much bound to it. So Randy, you know, after 
weeks of going around it, telling Ozzy that he wasn't going to do it. He finally says, listen, okay, I'll do it with one condition. I got, I'm going to do one more original record after this one, the Speak of the Devil record, mm-hmm. one more tour, and I'm going back to school. And I'm thinking, wow, this is this is really heavy. I mean, look at he is, he's gotten to this level, and all he's really interested in is his music. Uh, right. In not you know be, becoming the best musician that 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 he could be ever, and 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 there were terri- musical territories that Randy really wanted to explore, places that we did not even think of harmonically back back in the, in the 80s earlier 80s you right. know like like diary of a madman he wanted to get going deeper into that which actually became what is known as death metal <laughs> right know? writing you know and using different modes you know writing on the locrian you know and just exploring musical ideas going more like what he learned from classical music. Right. So being with Randy really had to spark your music abilities to go to a higher level because from, from what I understand, Randy was always moving to a, uh, another yeah. plane. Yeah. Oh, Randy had the education, the platform. He had, he had the education to actually sit down and compose Diary of a Madman. Yes. I, I didn't. I didn't have that education. I, I was not raised in a musical family. I was not being taught at five years old, you know, how, how to read music. You right. Know. Uh, but I take advantage of it, advantage of it now. Yes. Now, I, every day, I go online and I... I would even go to bass players' websites. I go to music theory websites, and I learn theory, uh, and I'll pick a mode, or I'll pick a, a scale, basically. Right now, I'm just like digging in into all the modes of the melodic minor and how to use them, you know, make alterations with it. And, and it, it's, it's tension and release, you know, and stuff that I know that 90% of it, I would never be able to use it in a rock, let's say in choir riot, you know. You know, I might be able to do something on a bass solo, but then again, all of that really gets lost with the acoustics or lack thereof, you know. Right. But but nevertheless, I, I enjoy myself every 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 time that I that I learned something and I gained something from it. It's personal growth. And to me, that it just, just gives me so much enjoyment to be able to do that. And, you know, being being a bass player, let's face it, a lot of people look beyond the bass player. The bass player and the drummer are the rhythm section. There's mm-hmm. the, There might be another guitar there playing a rhythm part, but the actual basis for everything is the bass and the drums. Mm-hmm. And the work you've done with Tommy Aldridge, mm-hmm. good lord, that <laughs> you guys are the most solid uh, rhythm section I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I mean that was fun uh, playing with Tommy. Incredible, he gets the best out of, out of anybody that he plays with. Uh, he he got the best out of Randy. I know that because I I I I've heard Randy. You know, when we were in Quiet Riot playing with the different drummer, and it wasn't it wasn't exactly the same. I was still Randy, but not Randy with Ozzy, you know. Right. And yeah, see what happens is Tommy had, uh, naturally leans forward when he plays. He doesn't rush; he just leans forward, which is a is great for playing uh, arenas or stadiums. You have that yeah. excitement. You know, it's kind of like, let's say, Alex Van Halen. He plays like that. Van Halen, as a band, they lean forward when they play, which is great. It sounds big. sounds exciting. The audience is moved by that. They're not like, eh, eh, on the beat, playing, oh, you know, like that, you know. It works for some bands, like ACDC, but that's not Van Halen. Right. You know, 
Yeah. yeah if you listen to uh, Tommy, if you listen, yeah, it's not Tommy. Now Tommy grew up playing shuffles with uh, Black Oak, Arkansas. You know, like right. you know, playing like American shuffles, right? Right, right. Pushing everything, right? You know, and then he went on to Pat Travers, the same thing. You know, if you listen to uh, uh, Boom Boom, I'll go, I'll go the lights, especially the uh, the the live version. He's like kicking the ass out of out of the whole thing, you know, on the drums. Exactly. So and he did exactly the same thing with Ozzy. He just came in and started playing those songs that, if you listen to a record. It's very on the beat, metronomic, right. right? And you can see like, and I know Randy, I know that he wanted to just push it a little bit more, but it wasn't happening because if you listen to it, it's a very British sounding record. It is. It absolutely you know? is. Yeah. And then you listen to us playing those songs in tribute and, and Tommy's kicking the hell out of those songs. If you listen to it, speak of the devil live, same yeah. thing. Or well, that's what makes a big difference of, of between us re having re-recorded the Black Sabbath songs, and if you listen to the Live Evil with Ronnie singing, it's very black traditional Black Sabbath with mm -hmm. Ronnie singing. But the way that Tommy treated those songs and he pushed those songs, and Brad Gillis he caught on to it. We all, we were in sync, you know, it makes it again, makes it very, very American sounding. Right. Well, I've got a good story about Brad Gillis. Mm -hmm. uh, when Night Ranger was uh, a three-piece band, they were at uh, mm -hmm. the Lone Star in Westport, Missouri. And uh, the drink of the house was a kamikaze. And I I bought uh, Brad one and I said, here you go, man. And he goes, he smelled, he goes, Good God, what is this? Gasoline? I was like, no, but your car will run on it. And he's like, all right. So, you know, he he's a very genuine person. Yeah, he is. I love I love Brad. Yeah. And yeah. I I love how whoever you're with, whoever you surround yourself with is very personable. Uh Jizzy Pearl, very personable yeah. guy. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. It, it I, I like to think that that's partially you coming out in them and you, you're because you're gracious and you're you're thankful to be at the spot you're at mm, you, yeah. you've never said you know i'm a rock star i'm doing my thing move out of the way you've always been hey how you doing so well that's because i never think of myself as a rock star you know that to me is, is somebody's perception of me uh I, I'm a musician. I love playing. I love playing too much to think about me being any, anything else but somebody who loves to play music. <laughs> I just love it. So, yeah. okay. So in all your years of touring, has there ever been a spinal tap moment that's really stuck out? Oh, in sure. Head? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> Getting lost in the back of, you know, Cleveland Auditorium. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, worse than that. I mean, tech, it's usually technical difficulties, you know, mm -hmm. just oh, like yeah. in Spinal Tap, you know, was, <laughs> you know, but then there, uh, look, there's nothing like being on a bus, on the tour bus, watching Spinal Tap, and you're the only guy in the front lounge that gets it, that's saying, we're living this. <laughs> we're living this, guys, but nobody's, you know, nobody gets it. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, one of my <laughs> favorite things is... <laughs> One of my favorite things to do, it, whenever I go in like Guitar Center or Sam Ash or one of those places, I'm like, it goes to 11. Hardly anybody gets <laughs> that. And I'm like, come on, you know, I'm not that old. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, there was a time when I was uh, talking to uh, Mike Soldano about building me an amp that went to 11. Mm. And I, he, was, he was, well, it really won't go to 11. I was like, I understand that. But, you know, the paint job will say it does. <laughs> It's just one louder. <laughs> yeah, one louder. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Dude, I appreciate you so much for uh taking your time to talk to, you know, me and uh my podcast, the next note. I know a lot of people um hit you up with stuff all the time and, and you're very uh open to coming on here with me. And I truly appreciate that. My pleasure. My pleasure, Chris. So all right, man. Well, uh let's wrap this thing up and 
is there anything you want to say that uh coming up soon or anything that's yeah new? yeah we have uh we have a show at, uh, in mexico in november but we have about six other shows in the u.s coming up in december right before christmas and that if you happen to be in the area come on down absolutely it's gonna be, man. It's gonna be a good time and absolutely. uh and then and then we pick it up again in january so hope to see you all and when we tour in so, 2023 okay. to celebrate the 40th anniversary of metal hill how unbelievable is that yeah yeah so before we go your charity your, your charitable stuff that you're doing with uh, the animal shelters and all that mm -hmm. how's that going for you man uh well all, all, what i really do mostly uh is share the information available on social media yeah, I reposted, and I don't. I do not have a particular charity that I work with, and I support them all as much as I can. Awesome. Yeah, we are. Me and my wife, we definitely uh, adopt a lot of animals. We have two dogs, two cats, and two guinea pigs, and they're all rescues. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So, anyways, man, thank you so much. And thank yeah, you so I, much, Chris. You take if care. I see you out on the road. I'm gonna hit you up and say hey man remember me <laughs> make sure to wear a hawaiian shirt absolutely <laughs> all right thank you so much rudy you have hey, a great day care. brother you too chris god bless bye-bye bye-bye at practice we're at invent have you ever had muttered those famous words that's my cable colossal cable is taking that question out of the equation by offering monogrammed cable ends now your colossal cable can have your name, the band name, or whatever you want it to say on the protective sleeve. To make this an even sweeter deal, the new Soulfats cable featuring a silver and copper hybrid cable is the new kid on the block bringing your tone to the forefront and taking your sound to the highest quality ever. www.colossalcable.com and put in your order for your monogram Soulfat cable and take your tone back. Is yours colossal?